party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show I am joined by Caro Assertion for a game of I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is a city building game for two or more players. Players take turns exploring a city block by block, location by location, neighborhood by neighborhood, along the way discovering the people and places that make it just so dang interesting and that call that city home. It is a beautiful and breathtaking world building game. It is legitimately, I do not say this lightly, legitimately one of my favorite games. It is an active and direct inspiration to me. More about that in the coming months. And I just, I I love it so much and I can't wait for you to hear it and discover this game. Go buy the game and support it. It's, oh, I love it. You can pick up a copy of the game at cexcursion.itch.io slash streetmagic. The game is currently on sale from the time of the episode's release. Uh, That is March 10th until March 13th, which is the two-year anniversary of the game's release. Uh, Go pick up the game for 25% off. It is, you, you will not regret it. Let's just put it like that. You can find more information about, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic, as well as the rest of Caro's work in the show notes. Real quick before we dive in, a special thank you to Steph Beckfay, our newest backer on Patreon. Thank you so much. Um, thank you much so much for supporting the games that I create and the podcasts and all this kind of cool stuff. Patreon backers get early access to episodes, raw audio of Party of One episodes, uh, the texts of games before they are released, as well as just like extra cool stuff that I make. You can find more information at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am super, super excited. Uh, this has been one that I've been looking forward to for a good long while now. Um, I am joined by Caro Assertion. Caro, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here. I am so, so jazzed. I know we've been planning this episode for like a while, and it's been it's been just a matter of like finding the time for us to both sit down. And I'm like, I'm so, so jazzed about it because I don't know if you know this, but I really love the game that we're going to be playing this week. I I think I've seen you mention that. I'm I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you so much. Um, Oh, of course. Um, Real quick at the top of the show. Why don't you let our lovely listeners know the game that we are playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about? For sure, for sure. Um, as Jeff has said, my name is Caro Assertion. Uh, the game that we're playing today is one that I designed by the name of I'm Sorry, Did You Say Street Magic? It is roughly based off of Microscope by Ben Robbins, um, along with inspiration from, you know, various other sources. Um, as far as plugs go, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Excursion, spelled S-E-A Excursion. Uh, you can support my... Itch.io and Patreon, both also at Sea Excursion. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything I've got. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again. This game absolutely positively rules. And we, we, we played it on AMFC a while ago. And literally, like, Aaron was like, hey, I've got this game for us to play. And halfway through the episode, I was sitting with my head in my hands like, this is very good. So I'm pretty jazzed. Hell yeah. So, let's walk, let us introduce, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? Great name. First off, no worries, great I did. Name. <laughs> um, okay, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is a game about building a city, filling it with life and vivid detail, exploring its hidden corners, and meeting its strange and wondrous inhabitants. It is designed to be played as a single session game. It can be played uh, as an ongoing continuous game, but we will be playing it as a, in a single session. Um... This is a game about making a city. Um, 
it is a silly building story game. We are going to take turns exploring our city. By the end of the game, we will have created a place that none of us could have imagined alone. Our agenda as players is to create a vibrant and multifaceted city, to fill that city with life and personality, and to expand on each other's ideas together. Unlike many tabletop games, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is played without a game master or facilitator? The game goes back and forth between phases of independent and collaborative action. At times, we will decide on certain aspects of the city as a group, but on our turn, each of us has complete control over what we add to the city. Would you like to read the section on safety tools? I would be more than happy to read the section on safety tools. Uh, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is designed for light and breezy gameplay, but, you know, much like exploring a city in real life, a game of Street Magic might end up wandering down strange paths or in unexpected directions. Um, so, you know, we've got a couple of safety tools just to make sure that we're looking out for each other at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there are rest stops, which is, you know, after a while, we can always uh, step away from the table for a few minutes, use the break to stretch, catch our breath, get some water or snack if we need. Um, usually those tend to happen after each round of full play ends, um, before the next one begins. Um, along with that, we have holds, which are a tool we can use to address a, a concern in the moment. You know, rest stops can give us mm-hmm. a chance to catch our breath, but they can't always address things that come up in the middle of play. So at any point, if either of us is like, hey, I'm not sure exactly where this is going, we can just call for a hold and and talk through things as we go. Um, and lastly, we have lines and veils, which are, you know, just a chance to, to mitigate the, the chance that we might have to call for a hold and, and help us steer the direction that we're, we're interested in uh, telling the story. Lines are subjects that we don't want to appear in the game at all, and veils are things that we can, you know, might come up, but that we agree not to discuss in extensive detail. Um, and we have talked about both our lines and veils uh, off screen, kind of before the show, um, and they're written down in the document. Yes, we have them in front of us. Um, and so with all of that, we will go ahead and uh, start to build out our city. The first part of creating a city is establishing tone, uh, the color and texture of, of the setting that we're going to explore. The first thing we're going to do is uh, we're going to decide on a few adjectives to fill out the mood of our city. Uh, We should each pick at least one from the list below, but we don't have to limit ourselves to these options. Um, One of the things that I like to do with two-player games when it's, you know, just two people playing is you pick an adjective and then I pick an adjective and then each of us picks a second adjective and we find what's kind of the average between those. I love that. That's really cool. Um, anything on this list or, or anything in general really jumping out to you? You know, I've been... Uh, uh, there's a few that really do jump out to me, and the one that I really want to uh, throw out more than any of the others is... I want to throw out Crisp. I think it's partially because we are recording this in autumn and partially because I've been watching this really this really fun show about a sleepy northwestern uh, Pacific Northwestern town that is haunted by a supernatural murder. Um, just the idea of like a crisp sort of autumnal energy like feels very appealing to me about the town that we're exploring. I love that. I love that. Um, I'm more than happy to go with crisp. Um, I think I will maybe complicate that 
by suggesting um, bright. Mm. I think, you know, there's there's definitely different kinds of autumnal energy. Um, you know, you can have uh, an autumn that's a little bit more muted, an autumn that's, you know, mm-hmm. very gray, very, very cool earth tones. But I'm also interested in, you know, very, very bright and and very vivid colors. Um, and I, I think that's I love that. something yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in. Um, yeah, and that's a that's a big that is that is you know side note that is a big like that that is to me is a big autumnal thing because I I've always lived in areas with very like present seasons and so that is a very good call out because that is like when I picture cities in that kind of autumnal energy that is really specifically what I'm seeing as well so that's perfect. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I guess for this third adjective we should pick some things that we think are going to sort of pull us in, you know, in an even third and, and different direction as well. Mm-hmm. Um, any, any thoughts? Hmm. I want to comp this, this very kind of bright, crisp energy. The, the, the other note that I really want to throw in there is I'm torn between two. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, I've looked at them side by side and it might make me a parody of myself to go with the option that I'm going with, but, uh, I'm going to go with gritty. I think I, I, you know what I gotta, uh, partially because, you know, I have much love for, for my beautiful orange son, but I'm going to, I think <laughs> I, I, cause I was either going to go with eerie or gritty and I, I feel like gritty. I enjoy more in picturing this like bright autumnal city complicated by that other element and that, and a grittiness feels more interesting and like uh novel to me than than an eeriness does yeah that's really interesting because i was going to suggest um slick and i you know what's the what's the the average between gritty and slick it feels like those are you know diametrically opposed almost um but but you i think yeah i really like this idea of um both both gritty and um and bright. I like those two adjectives uh, in in conversation with crisp. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I I'm more than happy to to go with those. Um, so our city is crisp, bright, and gritty. It's, I'm already excited about this. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, these are these are the words we're going to use to start a brief conversation about our city. We're going to come up with a big picture idea. Is it modern? Is it in the past? Is it a strange future? Are there ghosts, robots, talking animals? What what visual what visual and setting elements immediately come to mind uh, to you that really excite you when you when you picture a city that is kind of crisp, bright and gritty? Yeah, um, I'm interested in a city that has has greenery um and mm-hmm. i mean you know especially if we're if we're thinking it's particularly autumnal um that greenery might not be green it might be you know with the turn of the seasons changing in color but i i'm definitely interested in in genre tone at least in in something that has a bit of it doesn't necessarily have to be fully pastoral. I think we can still have a an urban urban splash to it, but something that, you know, isn't isn't so urban and so dense that it doesn't have space for um greenery in that way. 
I I I I agree completely. And the the other the the other direction that I want to run with with that is the the visual aesthetic that like really jumps out at me when I when I think about this this city is uh this op this this visual of like there being an industrial element to it, but being like alongside that greenery, like that that kind of high contrast is very interesting to me that sort of like you know big big kind of big industrial almost brutalist like buildings surrounding or like interspersed or you know in unison with that that really lush autumnal greenery like feels like the aesthetic that i'm interested in yeah i i like that um there's something really really exciting about um the intersection of that that space um i mean we we are recording this in october and it'll it'll be a while before it comes out but but do we want to go do we want to lean into um you know do ghosts exist is this like a a a little bit of a, a spooky quality i'm going back and forth on that exact question and i think i'm gonna throw it to you which what what how do you feel which more excites you? Is it, is it is it something that is sort of more supernatural or more mundane? Like what 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 which possibility excites you? Which road do you want to travel down? I'm gonna do because they both sound good to me. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna propose that um, we find the the supernatural in the mundane and the mundane in the supernatural. Um, cool. You know. If ghosts exist, there there is a normality or a you know a, a mundanity to their their presence. Um, there, you know there might be literal street magic. Um, yeah, but I, I don't want to lean super heavily into um, an an urban fantasy that that paints you know fantastic. Um, I, I agree. I, I agree. And I think that's part of, to me, the, that, 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 that grittiness, that grit is this feeling of anything kind of, anything is kind of tampered with that sense of the mundane, right? Like it's, mm-hmm. it very much is, uh, ordinary or like, uh, procedural in, in a very kind of specific way. I like that. I really like that. And I like the, I like the, the, uh, I like the, the margins that that opens up for with like the, the, the supernatural or the fantastic within that. But I, I agree very much with what you were saying. Like that it, it's, it's, it's sort of hidden within that, that mundane, that mundane nature. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I feel like, is there, is there anything else that we want? to to touch base on here before we jump into laying the foundations i don't think so um i think the only question that i'll have for you and this might be something that we kind of investigate and play a little bit Mm -hmm. is this is this closer to a modern city that has fantastical element like a, a modern set city with with fantastical elements or is this closer to a like fantasy city that feels modern does that make does that question make sense yeah i like that um that's that's a good distinction um i'm i mean we can we can certainly complicate and and explore this in play but i think i'm leaning toward toward the former a little bit 
Mm. That's I was I was kind of feeling the same, and I wanted to make sure we were on the same page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe phones exist. Uh, maybe phone booths exist. We'll we'll figure that out and play. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, excellent. Well, then I think we are ready to lay some foundations down. Yeah. Um. So if either of us, uh, sorry. Um. Yeah, so so we start by asking, um, you know, who most recently rode public transit, and that person goes first. But I'm I'm not sure if that is necessarily apt in in our current day and age. Um, do you do you have anything that that's jumping out to you, or do you want me to to lead on this one? Um, why don't you take the lead on this one? Sure, I would I would be more than happy to. Um. So I'm going to before we before we really start exploring the city, we're we're gonna add just a couple of, you know, cards to the table to to spark our imagination before we we really zero in and kind of explore it on a theme by theme basis. Um mm-hmm. so to start, I am going to go to the section on exploring a neighborhood. Um neighborhoods are kind of the broadest type of cards that we can play to build our city. Um if we were playing in person, we would be writing all of our, our aspects of the city on, on different index cards. Um, we're just using a Google Doc for today. Um, but to explore a neighborhood, we're going to take a blank index card uh, and give it the following three key elements, which are a title, a reputation, and a true name. Um, so the title of a neighborhood is what the denizens of the city call it on you know a daily basis. It could be named after local geography, the the history of its residents, um, the types of business that are conducted there. Um, the reputation is just sort of the general vibe of a neighborhood. You know, is it really residential? Is it really commercial? Is mm-hmm. it really industrial? What do its residents think of themselves? What do other neighborhoods think of this one? Um, all of this is a conversation. Like, if you have questions as, as we're kind of talking it through, you're more than welcome to, to ask them. Um, what we say out loud is always more important than what we write down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every neighborhood has a true name, which is kind of a magic all of its own. Um, and that's just sort of descriptive sensory images that paint a really clear idea of the neighborhood in our minds. Um, and those can be tactile details, but they can also just as easily be poetic or metaphorical or symbolic, um, the true name elicits the the idea or the personality. Um, sure. A neighborhood's reputation might be what people think of it, but its true name is what makes it truly unforgettable. Um, so to start, I'm going to introduce a neighborhood called the Rust District. Um, I think this neighborhood is predominantly built up around i think there were a lot of factories um this is, mm-hmm. is a industrial space um but i think that um it used to be a lot of factories and these days um a lot of them have either downsized or moved or closed um there are still factory there are still um spaces that are active um mm-hmm. but alongside those those factories there are residents and homes and you know storefronts and other spaces that have 
other communities that have moved into um sort of the the wreckage not not the wreckage um have moved into the the structures that used to be industrial in that way i i think here's my here's a here's the question that i want to ask you as i kind of picture the the aesthetics of the rust district mm-hmm. these 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 buildings these communities these shops these homes that have kind of moved into the uh into sort of the um the the spaces of the rust district where these kind of uh factories used to be are they sort of literally like moving into the factories like is it like what was like you on the outside looks like a factory and then you kind of walk in you see you know uh like doors and and offices that have been converted into apartments or like have they kind of been have some of those factories either been torn down or sectioned off and like rebuilt as homes and shops and things i think it's a little bit of a mix i think there are um you know there are definitely communities that have um moved into the the architecture that's already there moved into those spaces and um i think it's certainly easier to um move in and not necessarily renovate uh not necessarily tear these buildings down but to to transform them um i think there there are definitely a a handful of spaces in in this neighborhood that have kind of seen that transformation um Mm. but i think it's 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 a mixture um but i think a lot of folks are more inclined to to build off of what is already there rather than to to demolish and and to recreate cool i love that i love that a lot and for its true name um for the 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 images that are really really jumping out to me, um, what I have are pumpkin patches and ivy in the brickwork, and the the other true name that I'm giving it is um, steam, not smoke. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That's those that those are very good, and they give me a really clear picture of like. The, I, I, th- th- that gives me a clear picture of what the true name is as well as what the Rust District is. So that's really, ec- those are excellent. And I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. That's that's how true names go. It, it tells you exactly, you know, you go to a place, it's, it's true name tells you these are, these are the things that um, somebody's eye, somebody's ear uh, might be drawn to. Awesome. I love that. That's fantastic. All right. Um, so now it's your turn, and you can either add another neighborhood if you're so inclined, or uh, add a landmark to the Rust District. I am going to add. I'm going to add another neighborhood. I think the neighborhood that I'm going to add. Let's see if I can think of the name. Um, you can always go out of order as well if you have a reputation or a true name first. I'm going to go with the Hollowed Halls as the name of the neighborhood. Um, this is specifically, um, I'm not sure if it's near the Rust District. It might be in an entirely different part of town, or I also kind of like it being very close and like that kind of very factory aesthetic bleeding between the two. But this is like, 
City Hall and the adjacent buildings are like a cluster of buildings. Mm. Or actually, yeah, they're like a cluster of they're like a cluster of buildings where they're that kind of cluster of like official looking buildings where they feel like they could be one building. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the reputation here is one of. um. The history here is one of endless history and endless bureaucracy, right? Like it's these ancient buildings, these 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 buildings that have been here for generations and generations and generations. And you can go back and look at the oldest photos and drawings of the city. And these buildings look as like they look like they haven't been touched or expanded upon. And given how sort of incredibly entangled they are and incredibly kind of labyrinthine they are like it seems wild that no one has ever like worked on them and it it has that that feel when you look at a particular like cluster of buildings where it looks like they are they have that feel of that they could be moving or they could just be you know that big and old and intertwined Mm -hmm. i've got a i've got a question here um, when you say that they're clustered, um, there, is there space between them? Are they, you know, literally a lot of buildings are just like, okay, City Hall is connected to these other buildings and you kind of come in and out, um, but they're all built out of the same foundation or, or is there space between them? Would you say? I kind of envision them as... I think they might be one one building that looks and is probably like legally registered as seven mm. in that like there are walkways and tunnels and, you know, uh, like parking garages and sort of underground walkways. And there are spots where they are connected and like they've kind of always been connected, but they are like discrete buildings and like you you can look at one and be like this is city hall but Mm -hmm. you can see the like 16 points like especially if you're looking at a cross section that goes above and below ground like you can see like the 16 points where it connects to every other building in the hallowed halls yeah it's it's the kind of place where you know you could you could enter in one building um and get you and you know spend your day doing your errands and and at the end of the day leave out of any of the other ones yeah and be and end up like 6 8 blocks away mhm i love that and so the tr- and so the true name that i've written is uh echoes ping-ponging between stone walls and streets uh should be streets empty streets uh, and streets empty where they shouldn't be it's it's this picture of um you speak around the hollowed halls and because the buildings are so kind of intertwined and connected in these very strange ways, it like there is, there are echoes in the air, right? Like there are these, there are, you just, you hear the echoes, right? And they kind of like, they might uh, echo in ways that completely don't make sense because they're bouncing off of walls that are in spots that are in no other spots in the city. Mm-hmm. And because of all these hallways, like you can walk the street among the hollowed halls and there might just be no one. And it's that that kind of eeriness of like there's so much stuff happening here and they're so important. So to be 
alone in that space or to look around and not see anyone is like a profoundly like unnerving experience. I love that. Well, we've we've got two neighborhoods down. Um, just to lay a couple more cards on the table, uh, we can maybe let's go around one more time and either we can add, um, you know, another neighborhood or another landmark. Um, cool. I'm going to introduce a landmark, and I think I'm going to introduce a landmark in the Hallowed Halls. Cool. Um, landmarks are, you know, the second highest tier of card that we can play to build our city. Uh, they have to be played within a pre-existing neighborhood, um, and a neighborhood can contain, you know, any number of landmarks. So this one that I'm playing down isn't the only thing that exists in the Hallowed Halls. Mm-hmm. Um, just like a neighborhood, each landmark should have a common name, like a title that people call it in their day-to-day lives. Uh, the name of this landmark is the... The name of this landmark is the Providence Clock Tower Garden. Um, every landmark also needs an address. Uh, if it feels appropriate, you know, this could be a literal address. Like, what we decide to name our streets is, you know, going to tell us something about the city and about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but, but it could also be more poetic. Uh, you know, is it the heart of the neighborhood? Is it off the beaten path? Uh, is it, is it several stories up? Is it below street level? And I think the, the address for the Providence Clock Tower Garden is, um, I mean, it's, it's a two-part address. And the first part is, you know, in the shadow of Providence Clock Tower. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part is two stories up. Uh, I think this is a garden that is built onto the roof of another building within Hallowed Halls. Um, I think it's a, it's a, um, it's, it's one of those things where you, you can't see it necessarily from ground level. Um, you know, you look at these, these photos that you're, you're saying about the Hallowed Halls and it's, it's kind of, eternal sameness um Mm -hmm. and there is that quality to it like you look at providence you look at the the clock tower it's it hasn't changed um but if you you know see the city from a different angle if you look at it uh from a different perspective um this this garden that has grown up in in kind of its shadow has is is complicating that i think this is a a Mm -hmm. space that is a little bit more recent, um, a little bit more modern, um, and it's a you know a little bit out of sight, um, just in that it it, it hasn't quite popped up, uh, hasn't hasn't doesn't show up in that way, especially when you compare it to the the bureaucracy of of the halls at large. Um, but it's but it's a little bit bustling. It's a little bit thriving. Uh, I, 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 a question for you: Is it open to the public? Yes. Okay. Excellent. Um, yeah, that's that's very important. This is it's it's a little bit closer to a park than a garden, um, but it's okay. it's a mixture of both. Yeah. And for its true name, I'm gonna say. Um, and for its true name, you know, similar to a neighborhood, each landmark has its own true name. Um, but, you know, for a landmark, the, the true name is an opportunity to ask, 
how is it in line with the the style of the neighborhood and how does it push against it um what what is the same what is different and what what continues to make it truly unique uh so for the true name for this garden i'm going to say um novelty amidst history and uh plenty of benches I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a ton. Actually, I'm going to add one more true name. Um, All right. Which is, I think, the the garden definitely changes with the seasons. So I think that um, the flowers, um, it's, it's, you know, flowers on rotation. Um, Love it. You know, it, some people say, "Oh, the 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 autumn is the best time to go go and go and visit mm-hmm. the garden." And and everybody has their own opinion on you know, is it spring? Oh, is yeah. it summer? Absolutely. So I'm also going to make a landmark, and I'm going to make it in the Rust District. Um, I've thought a lot. Something that like I think every good like industrial district needs. This is the Steam Whistle Cafe. Hmm. Or no, the Steam Whistle Diner. It's got to be a diner. I'm a, I, I've, I grew up. I grew up in. I grew up in New Jersey. I have to have a diner. And I think that its address here is around the corner. Of course. I think it is. It is a place that you can, all, like, it. It among that kind of that kind of fantastical among the mundane is. Uh, it's kind of always it, it kind of is always around the corner, whether that is because the, the rust district is sort of like small and and grid like or it or it's something a little more like whimsical. Like it's the idea that like if you need if you need to hit the steam whistle diner and I think it is very much of a, a classic greasy spoon diner that like as the the neighborhood transitioned out of being this very like industrial place where it was serving uh where it was serving you know factory workers who were who were leaving like and who were working the night shift or the second and third shift and were grabbing a quick meal before or after work mm-hmm. like it has transitioned into just being a place a place that everybody kind of goes to 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 grab a bite and i think the uh the true name is the true name is the true name is eggs your way bagels 50 cents extra because <laughs> you can pretty much like uh you can pretty much ask for any kind of breakfast sandwich because like i said they've kind of transitioned into being a very kind of grab and go greasy spoon place and so kind of everybody knows that like if you want a sandwich you can pretty much get eggs anywhere you want, and a bagel is going to be fifty cents extra. Otherwise, you get either toast or a croissant. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is simply the place that, like, for people in the city, I think particularly, it's a place where you can always go and just grab a quick bite. And like, there's never, there's never that much of a crowd. You can always get your food pretty quick. They they throw it in a pa- in a brown paper bag and they send you on your way. And they have that kind of, uh magical to me of uh loving meanness that comes from a really great diner <laughs> is mm. the only way that i can describe it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's a there's a brusqueness which which yes. is you know still still carries love in its heart yeah 
And so that is that is a, a prominent feature in the Rust district is like and I think it it is I think it is the spot that uh it's the spot that it's 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 the local spot, right? I think it's it's the spot where it's the spot where you go if you know the neighborhood, right? Like which is kind of why it's addresses around the corner. Like it's the spot where if you if, if somebody from out of town is like, where can I grab a bite? It's oh the steam whistle diners around the corner. Like it is the mm. spot that is like kind of ingrained in your memory. Yeah. It's it's a staple in that way. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Um well we've laid a couple of cards down. Um we have, you know, we've got a diner, we've got some some bureaucracy, we've got a lot of the things that a city needs. Um but we're missing one of the big things that a city usually needs, which is um, a name. Uh, Are missing a name. Do we do we feel like we have a a read on this city enough to to name it right now? Um, if we don't have a name, we can let it kind of arise organically during play. But but if anything is jumping out, I'm getting a vibe. But I don't know that I have a name fully yet. Mm-hmm. And 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 here's my here's my uh, my vibe check. The vibe that I'm getting, like among the, the uh, in addition to like the adjectives that we've laid down, is that like it is a city that has a generational quality to it, and it is a city that has not just history, but like a a a a generational, a transitional, a. Um, Leg- legacy is not quite the right word, but I'm not quite sure what is. Like, it is a, a city that is defined as much by the passage. Like, it feels, the, so far, it feels defined by the passage of time. Hmm. I like that. That's really interesting. Um, if I can, if I can pitch you on something. Yeah. Is this city perpetually autumn? Is this a city that, you know, does... Do we see, oh no, we, we, I guess we would see a regular or change of the seasons if we're, you know, seeing, seeing seasons in that way. Um, maybe it's different shades of autumn though. Like, you know what I mean? Like we had talked about, we had talked about that, um, we talked about when we were sort of describing the adjective of bright of like, there are different types of autumnal and maybe it, it, it is forever autumnal and the closest it gets to seasons are like going through those different shades, right? It goes from kind of cool and crisp and, and colorful with the golden leaves to that kind of uh, brownish late autumn, early winter kind of grime. And like it cycles among those, but it never it's never green and sunny to put it to, to, to kind of it's never if never feels summery. Yeah. Or if it does, it's, you know, Two two weeks out of the whole year. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's like it's a a Tuesday where it's eighty and sunny and everybody's like, "What is this? This is I was not expecting this at all." And it's like the talk of the town. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I like that. I like that. There's this. There's still a a feeling of of transience and of mm-hmm. moving through time, but it's not so so varied and so vast as to kind of fully encompass um the the turn of the the seasons in a full way and the other thing that kind of first off transience is a great word i think that's kind of the vibe that i'm getting from it like and the other thing that kind of 
it feels to me like uh, a lot of this, and I think the autumnal energy really carries this, is this is a city that isn't, and maybe this is saying like a very similar thing, but I think it's a, it's a similar but important distinct thing, is this is a city that is has roots in the past. Like it's not, it is, it, 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 it is, or rather has rather like part of its identity is that it is not what it was for lack of a better way to put it. You know what I mean? Like there's this energy of, there's this energy of like, it was something and now it is something else. There's a, there's a change there's a changing element to this city that feels important to me that I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Can I can I pitch you on a name? Because I think there was something Please. you said that that sparked an idea. Um, Please. Is this the city of Uproot? Uproot's really good. Fuck. <laughs> Uproot's very good. Yeah, you you were just talking about how it is simultaneously rooted, but also also changing, and it it. It, I don't know, it just, it just feels like it clicks. It does, it feels right. Um, okay, so now we can, we can jump in a little bit more. Um, the basic overview of Around, now that we've sort of laid this foundation, is that we're going to start, um, we're going to start with one player declaring a compass, which is like a, a theme or a subject of exploration for this round. Uh, and then we're going to wander the city for a little bit, uh, spending some time exploring, you know, neighborhoods or landmarks or adding residents to the table. Um, and all of the cards that we add during the round are connected to the compass. Um, and then we're going to close out the round by holding an event, which is just a, a chance to take on, you know, perspectives of the city and see the way that it, it changes around us. Cool. I love that. Um, I have a compass, if you don't mind. For sure. Uh, I'm just going to... Um, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I have a compass, something that, like, in talking, the, in, in as we were kind of describing sort of the mood and the feelings we were getting, there is something that really, like, struck me that I, I want to kind of immediately explore a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, compass, and, and a compass is just a thing to kind of keep us moving in the same direction, like keep us ground, like give it, keep, keep, keep each round sort of focused on something. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I really want to like focus on is for lack of a better way to put it, like the here and now. And that feels perhaps like, uh, on one level that feels perhaps like obvious to say, like we are exploring the city as it is now. But what I mean by that is more so like, We've talked a lot. We've talked how this is a city that is generational and is historic and is a city with lineage and is a city that has roots. I I kind of want to know. I think we've kind of established a lot of that. So I'm really curious what it looks like to people living there today, right? To very kind of like ordinary people living today in the here and now, like what it looks like. More, like what it looks like to live in the shadow of all of that sort of history. Mm. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think, you know, the here and now is is a great compass. Um So, Jeff, my friend, you have the floor. Do you want to um, you know, starting with starting with you, we can go around and and either either add 
another neighborhood landmark or or resident to the table. I'm going to add a I'm going to add a resident. The residents are the inhabitants of the city who fill it with vivid and colorful life. Resident is always associated with a landmark. Mm-hmm. I am going to add a resident to I'm trying to decide if I'd like them to be more tied. I think I, I think I'm going to add them to the Steam Whistle Diner, I think, is, mm-hmm. is where I'm going to add a resident. Because I think that uh, I, I want to explore a little bit of the life of, like, an ordinary person living in, living in the Rust District. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so residents have... Uh, Similar to landmarks and uh, similar to landmarks and neighborhoods, residents have a title, which is a common name known to all. Uh, they also have their pronouns, and they also kind of have it's their title, their pronouns, and their true name. And similar to similar to their to landmarks and neighborhoods, their true name is oh uh, aha <laughs> this is editing. Um, so similar to landmarks and neighborhoods, residents have a true name. However, unlike landmarks and neighborhoods, residents true name is established through collaboration during a short vignette scene in which you and I will both participate. So we're both going to kind of build out a little bit of the life of what this person looks like in a short scene. And then we'll determine their true name from there. Yeah. All right. I think that I am going to name them. I'm going to name them, uh, Sharif Tall Blossom. Love that. Their pronouns are uh, she, they pronouns. And uh, she is a, uh, the, the, the background that I want to give is she is someone who every, every day gets a uh, cinnamon raisin toast, gets a bacon, egg and cheese on cinnamon raisin toast sandwich from the Steam Whistle Diner. At a re- like around uh, probably about an hour before lunchtime, like she, uh, they they run up they 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 beat the lunch rush by about an hour, and they that's the sandwich that they get. It's their standard order, and they are always, um, I get the vibe that they're always like on the move, right? Like 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 it's always give me the usual. Uh, I've already got like exact change. I picture that they have exact change in their hand. They know exactly what it's going to cost. Mm-hmm. If if the price goes up by a quarter, they like it throws off their entire day. Mm-hmm. But I think the price has literally never gone up that quarter, so they just have it like memorized to the memorized to the millisecond. They know this inner. They know this interaction to the exact like quarter second, and they are always like timing it out to that exact second. Can I can I ask something? It seems like the Steam Whistle Diner is a place that you know has a a steadiness to it. Um would you say that Sharif has gotten to the point where, you know, everybody there knows her order already? Like she doesn't even have to say it. She just comes in at the same time and it's it's a I, a routine exchange. For sure, very much so. I think it is and I think it is it is the kind of routine where uh, the 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 cooks at the the cooks at the diner the 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 woman behind the counter like they know at like ten fifty start for, like start start scrambling those eggs mm-hmm. they know at like they know to start toasting the the cinnamon raisin toast at about ten fifty five like mm-hmm. they they know the timing to do it 
And that way the, they're just literally like at this point, it's 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 a it's a gust of wind happens. 350 is left on the counter and the bag with the sandwich is not there anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like exactly enough interaction has happened where like it is a friendly like where like the 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 woman behind the counter is smiling because like for there was like a, a quick joke that was made. But like it happened so quickly, you'd swear it didn't happen. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that that in and of itself is the scene. I would love to maybe just complicate this a tiny bit by saying, yeah, um, maybe if we if we frame this a little bit filmically, um, we, we have we see that interaction taking place. Is there somebody like out of town at the counter who who sees that interaction and, um, you know, asks the, the woman at the counter, um, who who's that person who, who just showed through? They didn't even um, they didn't even say anything. You, you have a bit of a rapport. Or? And I think um, I think that the I think their response is. Um, uh, I, I think. I think her uh, her response, the woman behind the counter's response, is something to the effect of, "Oh yeah, we didn't, you didn't, you didn't hear. Like we chatted, we caught up, we 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 knew, we figured out. You know, she she let me know what was up. Like they they gave me the they gave me the inside deets. Uh, you know, they just they're busy, and so I get their food order. This is their their they're the the most regular of regulars. You know, I." The, the the if if something's new they'll stop and tell me but nothing's ever new with them mm. and and it's this it's this element of like this person from out of town sees this and i think there's almost to this person from out of town a level of defensiveness right mm. mm-hmm. yeah because like this is kind of like a fun like chill like a fun like place and to have this person like blaze through there it feels almost it feels almost rude or dismissive. Like you're not stopping and acknowledging this very kind of charming diner. But the second they kind of push on it, uh, it's, it's, Oh yeah, no, no, fine. I, they're fine. They're, they'd stop and tell me if there was something new, but there's nothing new going on with them. So they're on their way. I don't want to, I don't want to slow them down. Mm-hmm. That's, that's Sharif. Yeah. I love that so much. I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to propose that, that their true name is if something was new, and I'm going to put it in quotation, I'm going to propose that their true name was the quote, if something was new, they'd stop and tell me. Yeah, that that is I, them. That's them in a nutshell. Like, if something was new, and I think that is that, that heralds true across every part of their life, that they're, they're moving, they're always moving, and if something is new, they'll stop and tell you. I love that. Uh, that's That's great. A big fan of Sharif. I'm, I'm a big fan. Yeah, what a, what a good character already. Um, I've I've got right. a, a response to this compass. Then, um, all right. If we're thinking about the here and now, um, I mean the 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 thing about the here and now is that you have to have somebody who's who's keeping track of the here and the now. So I think I'm going to introduce a landmark in the hallowed halls. Which is uh, one of the the local newspaper, maybe. Oh, of course, you gotta have a local newspaper. Yeah, and I think that the name of this this newspaper is uh, the Paisley Press Gazette. It's very good. It's very very good. Is the thing. Mm-hmm. 
for its address. I think this is... It's it's a building that is... It's in the Hallowed Halls. It's pretty low down. I think it's, it's you know, partially underground, um, their, their offices. Um, but they still get a decent amount of light uh, through the windows. Mm. It's it's the kind of space where I think as you're as you're walking along the streets in the hallowed halls, um, there's you know a glass window pane, and you can look into it, and you can see that it's not um, it's not uh, at the same level. Like if you look in, you'll see okay, there's there's a floor that is you know six feet, ten feet, like a full story down. Um, and the light still still goes through. Um, so so it's it, but it still has light. Is the thing. It's still you know a relatively relatively bright place. Um, and I think that the the Paisley Press Gazette is. I mean, it it has a little bit of it has a history in that it's it's been around mm-hmm. for a while. Um, but it's still very much in the here and now. Uh, I think. You sure. Know, they're they're doing contemporary news. Like this this is a a legitimate and and really, you know, professional and and a a a newspaper that has the the qualities of of true journalism to it. Um yeah. I think the one thing that sticks out from that is um you know, as this this passerby, you know, whoever is is walking down the street can see, um, you can look in at at the corner of you know two two streets in the hallowed halls. Um, there's there's one corner where there's two two really big open window panes that meet, um, and as you look down into the the inner workings of the Gazette, there's just a really old printing press. Um, I think everything about this space is contemporary except for the one thing that they use to actually print the news. Mm. Um, like it's it's just an old old printing press and and you know there's there's spinning wheels and and mechanisms and and the the mechanics of that are are kind of constantly shifting um but but other than that, you know, perfectly, you know, run-of-the-mill gazette, run-of-the-mill newspaper. Um, really, really straightforward otherwise. I love that. I love that a lot. I guess uh, my one question for you, mm-hmm. as we're thinking about the Paisley Press Gazette, um, is this a... The only way that I can... I can I, I think I can ask this is uh, using pop culture examples. What's the level of funding... And like um, financial support that the press has. Are we thinking is this a is this a Daily Planet or is this a Daily Bugle? I think it leans a little bit closer to to the Bugle. Um, it's not okay. it's not massive. Um, it you know has a, a handful of consistent journalists. Like it's 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 the kind of place that isn't struggling, um, but it is. It's small, but it's not small in a way that, you know, we have to worry about downsizing or, or laying somebody off. Got it. This it is, is the quintessential small town newspaper. Yeah. Quintessential is a really good Got word. Um, 
I think that might be part of its true name. I think its true name is the printing press is the only thing old about it and uh, quintessential. I love that. That's 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 absolutely fantastic. I think I'm going to add a landmark as my other as my other part of our compass. I'm going to add a landmark and I think I'm going to add it to the Rust District. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to add our landmark to the Rust. I'm going to add the landmark to the Rust District where I think I want it to be because I think um, I think what is what what the other part of the here and now that like I want to to learn about by kind of uh, by learning about a place a little bit. And this one might be one that I, I throw a few more questions your way as we kind of flesh this out is I think this is the um, I'm going to call this the um, I'm going to call this the, the, the grapevine gardens. Mm. I'm going to call this the Grapevine Gardens uh, Office Collective. And I think it's um, its address is uh, its address is wherever there's open business space. I think that the the Grapevine Gardens Office Collective is like a series of working spaces that have been that have populated a lot of these uh these abandoned factories and these abandoned kind of office spaces these abandoned workspaces have been converted into like very different kinds of of office spaces which kind of like i think captures a little bit of that like transitional nature right like that these are these are these big giant open old factories with catwalks and walkways and you look down a level and you kind of see and they've kind of been converted into like uh individual offices have been kind of plastered over or like torn down and rebuilt and like one factory might be like six or seven very small i think there's very small and i i think they are very good like small and bespoke businesses i think is kind of like the businesses that that take up residence in the grapevine gardens, right? Mm. Like it's very, it is, I, I don't think there are any, and this might be a question for you. I don't think, at least not in grapevine gardens, I don't get the vibe that there are any huge chains or uh, big giant like legacy companies, at least not in grapevine gardens. And I think the question that I might have for you is like, do we picture those kind of like giant mega mega businesses like existing in upward or is it does it hew much more towards a small like six person like we're a six person uh you know catering company operation yeah yeah i i'm definitely envisioning a lot more of the latter um mm-hmm. i could see you know there's there's a a company that's a little bit larger and has like an uproot branch maybe um, if you'll okay, yeah, pun, I can see that. But um, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily see it as a place that is ensconced in, you know, corporate or or you know retail or you know even chain restaurants. I don't, I don't think that there's. Um, yeah, it, I I get the same kind of vibe where it it is a lot of, a lot of of smaller, up upstart. I think is a good good. I mean, I, it's a term that I don't like in 
in the real world, but uh-huh. in the world of Uproot, like Upstart feels like a good way to describe a lot of the businesses that exist and especially kind of exist in the in Grapevine Gardens of like it's like a group of collaborators have formed uh like have formed a company that like a book binding business and they have their tiny like two room office space and it's like adjacent to a bagel shop and adjacent to a really nice tapas restaurant. Yeah. I think the thing that I'm really, really gravitating toward here is, um, you know, this is still business, but it's not corporate in that way. Like yeah. you said book binding and I was like, yeah, that's, that's the thing. Like it's not, this isn't, it's not upstart in the way that like a Silicon Valley, you know, for for people around a a, a set of computers um is right upstart. yeah i i really like the the image of you know uproot is a place where people work with their hands and i think that kind of points me towards a true name that i like a a, a vision an experience like an experiential true name that i really love which is um See, let me try to think about like there. It's like a, it's a specific experience that like I'm just gonna kind of write it out. It is window shopping through window shopping inside a giant concrete environment. Mm-hmm. Because of this idea that like, I absolutely adore of like these are small bespoke businesses that are kind of offering like crafts and tiny services and like you know artisan artisan food and i picture there being a lot of that kind of other it being a thing where like these factories that get converted it's very much the 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 opposite of what you might see in like a city in in sort of our world of like you know you have the the nameplates and you have and like a security guard's like which 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 nameplate are you going to this is like you go into this giant factory, like industrial warehouse, mm-hmm. and there's like 15 tiny offices and on their windows, they kind of advertise a little bit of what they do. And you kind of, I think that, 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 that it's almost, it's almost evocative of a craft fair. Is yeah. the, 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 the vibe I get walking among the, the grapevine gardens is like you walk through and like you stroll and you, 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 you go, Ah, I'm just I'm looking for a you know it's it's I'm looking for a gift to let me hit Grapevine Gardens and stroll a few storefronts and find what I'm looking for. It's it's Artist Alley. Yes, yes, that's it. Yes, that is exactly that is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And you know you don't necessarily know like it's it's a collective. They they move around like you might end up with. A, a a bar of soap you might end up with a a really nice basket um it, what what which which wares and which businesses are around might might rotate and might change but you can always yeah. guarantee that there's going to be something oh this that's that's cool as hell i love that that's super good i love that i adore it um well to close off this compass um, I just want to double check on time. I know that, uh, the, the Zencaster says we're at an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, that's about what I've got as well. Okay. Um, you said we're, we're shooting for hour and a half. 
Somewhere in around 90 minutes, yeah. Cool. So I'm, I just want to, I reckon that with um, this, this last one and with the event that we probably won't have time to get to a second compass. Uh, so I'm just thinking about what we want to get to from, from that end. Uh, we could do, we could do a second shorter. If we could do an event. And then. Wait, how many? Yeah. Like maybe a second shorter round of like one, one an event. Yeah. I, I think that seems reasonable. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to overstretch on your time, but I also don't. No, have no, no. I'm, on, so. I'm loving this. I think that, yeah, I think that I, I appreciate, I appreciate that consideration. And I think that if we do, um, I think we have to, is that four or is that, did we do four or did we do three? We did four. Um, I mean, the other thing is I would, I would be happy to kind of close out with this, um, with an event and then do three for the next round so that it's three and three. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Yeah, in that case, we can we can play it a little bit a little bit fast and loose with the rules here. Um, what yeah. would you like to to do for our event to close out this compass of the here and now? I'm thinking. Let me read a little bit about events to kind of get an idea because I have a thought and I might want to like push on it a little bit. So sure. uh, I'm going to create an event that changes and alters the city in some way. It should be related to the compass that we set up at the beginning of the round or to a card that was played in that round. It's a good way to tie up loose ends. Um, it is connected to a neighborhood landmark or resident. Um, I think that the event that I want to, to, to lay down is um, we kind of briefly is, is tying into that sense of, um, I think the event that I want to lay down tying into an element of the here and now that I think is interesting. And like, we've set up some really interesting pieces of the here and now. And the event that I want to tie is to the Paisley press gazette. I want to set up and I'm trying to think of how I want to, I want to set it up to be, um, it's the, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the mayoral. It's, it's just called like the mayoral, the mayoral meeting scandal. Ooh. And I think it is, it is, it is an event, you know, it is a, it is tied to, uh, it's actually, I'm going to pluralize that and say it's the mayoral meetings, uh, scandal. It is, it is tied to the, the idea is that it is, um, the, the Gazette has broken, a report about a series of backroom meetings that like the mayor has, this has been like a tradition that has gone back that has just kind of been exposed of various, uh, various sort of very high level, um, like, and kind of like things like price fixing, right? Like things of like mayors getting into the pocket of businesses and doing these things. And it just being this like long running tradition, and because the thing that interests me is this idea of like this here and now, this life that kind of lives in these shadows. What happens when an element of that history kind of crashes into it? Mm. And that is what really interests me. So the idea that the Gazette has uncovered this evidence of this long running thing that has like ingrained itself within the history of the city that like we weren't even necessarily aware of as residents of the city. Yeah, is very interesting to me. That's fascinating, and I mean, talk about gritty. Uh, if we're if we're thinking about the the adjectives like that, that juxtaposition mm -hmm. is is really exciting. 
Um, and it's, it, it's, it's, yeah. And it's that, it's that really nice juxtaposition of like, we've created like a really bright and engaging and like positive, like all of our places are that. And so this element of like this really kind of dark subtext to it has just sort of been blown open. Like is what I'm here for. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, so we've got, we've got the event um, and now we get to respond to it by by taking on voices of the city. Um, so in we're going to go around, and rather than kind of responding to this as specific residents, uh, we're just going to, you know, take on the myriad perspectives and viewpoints of the community, um, especially those who might be impacted by the event. Um, and each of us can either ask a question about the, you know, the origins, implications of the mm-hmm. event, uh, state an opinion that some people in the community might hold toward it or show a consequence in a sentence or two of people in the city reacting. And I think I'm going to start by showing a consequence. Uh, And I think the consequence I want to pitch is, I think, um, I mean, you mentioned price fixing as, as a sort of scandal. I think that, uh, Grapevine Gardens Small Business Collective, um, I don't think they were impacted, but I think they go on strike in solidarity for the people who were. I like that. I like that. Uh, I'm going to state an opinion. Mm-hmm. Specifically, um, it is held by, I think it is held by elder members of the community. Something that like our, our kind of landmarks and, uh, people and residents like our landmarks and residents haven't really heard a lot from. And I think that an opinion of that is like, yeah, a lot of these factories maybe could have stayed, stayed pumping like a lot, like the, a lot of these factories have shut down and who is to say that, you know, if these meetings had not happened, right. If, you know, there's like, if, if some of these meetings had not happened, maybe some of these old factories that, you know, gave a lot to the community at a certain point might still be here. Mm. And I, and I think that there's, there's that opinion is held among people that used to kind of work at those factories. Yeah. Oh no, this just made me sad. I got sad. Well, I, I, I think that like the nice part about it, mm-hmm. and this is, this is the, this is the, this is the fantasy that we can put in uproot. Mm hmm is like tying to the event is like that they blew this open and like we can kind of just authorially state like consequences are enforced on this right like that like harm was caused but like you know the press blowing this open has sort of forced the hand of people to kind of own this in a way that i think is is i need in a way that i need that to play out Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so, I mean, we, we started the event, we can wrap it up, and you do have the final say on the event. Um, how do we kind of, we started with this opening, um, do you want to give us a shot of, of seeing those consequences kind of unfold, or, or seeing that in action? Uh, yeah, absolutely, because I know the exact vignette that I want to play out a little bit, like the closing visual. Um what happens is we're at the Steam Whistle Diner, mm-hmm. and um, 
our our out of town friend is like trying something entirely different. One of those dishes that nobody that nobody that is a local would try. Mm-hmm. And so like they're getting they're getting like the uh they're getting like the fruit smoothie or something. Something that you just you know you're not gonna get from the steam whistle diner. Mm-hmm. And um they see Sharif come in and they see her like and they they kind of like for the first time they kind of just like give her the customary nod. But for the first time, they see her stop at the counter. And, like, she's got, like, a humongous, like, legal pad in her hand just covered in stuff. Yeah. And her shoulders just sag, and she's like, oh, we gotta talk. I have got, I have got some news for you. And the, the woman behind the counter, like, the, the, the entire diner stops, right? Like... When they when they say like I've got news for you, the entire diner stops and everyone looks up, and they just start like breaking things down and like flipping papers, and we just close out on them like rattling off all of these these things that are happening, the the idea that of like this has forced so many things into motion between between the 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 office strike and the the newspaper breaking it open and the political unrest that all of that has caused like so much stuff is happening that Sharif is like it's just is 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 telling stories yeah oh what a good image what a, i love i love closing out that compass i mean that that truly is the here and the now mhm oh that's great that's good as hell do we want to do we want to go for another compass or do we want to leave it there? Um I mean I Either one is perfectly good with me. I'd I'd love to, you know, just see a little bit more of this city. I All mean, right. we feel like we've we've set let's, such a good foundation here. Um Let's do it. Yeah, and I'll I'll keep this one um a little bit a little bit uh open-ended and say uh I'm interested in wildlife and nature. Uh, sorry, I, I was typing while I said that. Of um, course. I'm interested in wildlife and nature. Okay. And I'm going to give us a neighborhood. Uh, just because we've, I mean, we've we've done a lot with the Rust District and the Hallowed Halls. I'd love it to mm-hmm. do just a little bit more of a neighborhood. Um, and I think this is, um, it's a neighborhood that is not necessarily on the outskirts of town. Um but it's like there's there's a part of the town that is a mixture of residential and it has like a a natural quality to it like you there there's you know you you turn down a street and there's a row of houses and then you turn mm-hmm. you know the next street over and it's like oh this one doesn't have houses this is you know a a set of trees and then you you keep following that one and you turn and it's like okay there is no road now it's just a dirt trail um, and I, I think that there is a little bit of, yeah, that kind of, you know, foresty quality to it in, in the sense that this, there's, there's nature that has always been here and, and kind of coexists with it. Um, and I guess that's its sort of reputation. Um, and for the neighborhood, I'm going to say its title is, um, uh, maybe it's Oak Flats. Oak Flats is very good. I like Oak Flats. Oak Flats is a good name. Um, and I think for its true name, um, 
I don't know if any of the trees there actually are oaks. I think maybe it's it's almost kind of funnier if if somebody named it Oak Flats um, and then afterwards realized, you know, who, whoever some an arborist looked at it and was like, none of these trees are, are oaks. Can I share with you a true as 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 you flesh that out? Can I share with you a true Philadelphia story? Please. Um, so as in an effort to like green our neighborhood, mm-hmm. they probably like a hundred or so years ago, they planted a bunch of trees. They were like, we ordered a bunch of trees. We shipped a bunch of trees into the neighborhood. Like we're planting them. We're doing a huge initiative to like add greenery to our neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it worked. And like, there are all kind. there are trees like all over our neighborhood in West Philly. However, uh, what they did not realize about these trees was that they are, um, the, I don't know the proper name of them, mm-hmm. but I know that the, uh, the commonly accepted name is, is, uh, shit berries. Hmm. Yeah. Because their berries, uh, smell like, uh, smell like defecation. Mm-hmm. And they did not realize that when they planted a bunch of baby trees, it took them, you know, 80 years until the trees were fully grown and producing berries to that were realize. then dropping onto the floor. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> so that is that is what that vibe gives me of like none of these trees are oak. And that, that is the vibe that that element gives me of like of like we planted all of these beautiful trees. Oak Flats is this lovely oak tree district and it's like well it's been two generations and those aren't oak trees. Mm-hmm. Those are those are pine trees. Yeah, I will. In that case, I think I do need to to qualify the true name of Oak Flats. Um, none of these trees are oaks, but they sure do smell nice. <laughs> I like that. I do like that. Yes, <laughs> I I was I, I felt like you would appreciate that 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 true true neighborhood story, the true street magic. Mm-hmm. That 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 just radiates small town charm. Ah, uh, so. I want to add, I would love to add that. So that, that story partially, like I want to add a landmark and I think I want to add it to the rust district mm. along a very similar line. <clears throat> or maybe I, maybe I want to add it to Oak Flats. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think I'm going to add it to Oak Flats and I'm going to add it to be, um, I'm going to make it actually the, um, you know what I would like Oak Flats to have? And I'm just going to add this. I would like Oak Flats to have the Oak Flats boardwalk. Oh, I love that. Tell me about the Oak Flats boardwalk, please. It's, it's along the river on the outskirts of town. And it is, um, it is, It is like they they built this they built oak flats, right? They built out this beautiful thing and almost like they planted all of these trees along oak flats. They created this whole space. And as part of doing that, they they built a boardwalk, right? Like they they planted the trees along this river Mm -hmm. so that boats that were going by would see this beautiful, lush kind of garden scene. But real life doesn't like map out to sort of the um the painterly goal of this uh of the the city planners that kind of engineered oak flats yeah you've got the the painting and then you see the the kind of end result yeah like we see this beautiful paint and it's this beautiful nature scene but like the reality is like 
So many people started coming to Oak Flats. It became such a popular spot among locals, among out-of-towners, that like a boardwalk pops up. And it is a very kind of boardwalky boardwalk. There are there are games, there are street food, there it is like a very kind of space that like I, th- I think, you know, there are the um the city of the the chamber of commerce types like the people of the hallowed halls or like the 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 big wigs in the hallowed halls might bristle at the existence of the boardwalk it's i don't get the vibe that it's something that they were like excited for mm. but i think it is it is the truest expression of like this is a space that has grown and this is what we have built on it right like it is um its true name is Fun and Games, atop a picturesque portrait of nature, in that, like, people kept coming, and people, when people, as people came, people set up, you know, stands and food stands and all these things, and it became this very kind of lively space that I think is not necessarily, I don't want to say it's not, like, welcome, because I think, like, you know, it is, it is what it is, but I think it is not officially kind of ordained right like it was never part of the plan to have this kind of hopping swinging boardwalk and yet here it is yeah yeah and so if you were to see kind of a beautiful like oil painting now like it would be dappled with these little tiny drops of acrylic paint which are all these lights and Mm -hmm. you know carnival barkers and all these things that like dot this space that was supposed to be kind of lush and almost i guess conservationist but has turned into this and it creates a very different sort of picture but it's a beautiful picture nonetheless yeah i i get an image of the you know the melancholy of of going to the boardwalk on the last day of summer um except it's always the last day of summer because you know we're we're kind of perpetually in in this autumnal energy yeah i love that i love that a whole lot um what a what a great what a great landmark. Um I've got a resident. Okay. And I think this resident is is well known. Uh I think that she lives in the the Providence Clock Tower Garden. Um mm-hmm. and I, I do specify that she she lives in the Providence Clock Tower Garden because I think this resident uh, this resident is Big Whiskey the Goose. Here's the thing about playing this game on the Google Doc, is that I can watch these things slowly fill in the Google Doc, and I have to contain my joy until you say them out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, please tell me about Big Whiskey the Please tell I've never wanted to, to know more about anyone that I want to know about Big Whiskey the Goose. Big Whiskey the Goose is a, a massive goose. Um... You know, a Canadian goose, like I would say, you know, average, they, they typically average what, a couple, couple feet tall, like two feet. I, I don't know uh-huh. how tall a goose, like, yeah, like two feet tall. Big whiskey is significantly larger than that. Big whiskey is, um, I mean, she, she earned her name because she is, um, I want to say f- three and a half, four feet tall, um, massive uh-huh. wingspan. I think she has, um, there is there is a particular spot in the Providence Clock Tower Garden that uh, at some point um, the the gardeners the landscapers set up a a an arrangement of flowers and they were you know halfway through as maybe as the the garden was being constructed 
Um, they had to leave it overnight. And they came back in the morning, and Big Whiskey the Goose was sitting there. Um, and they have not been able to take that that nest, uh, that, that, that place away from her. Uh, I think that there's a particular spot that is hers. Um, and, you know, as long as people live and let live, um, she's fine. Uh, she's, she's not liable to, to attack anybody or, or do the things that gooses are, want to do. Um, as long as nobody, you know, and she's, she's very much a, you stay in your space and I will stay in my space. And, and as long as we, we, we don't have to have any problems here. Um, but I think the thing that is true about Big Whiskey is that everybody in town or anybody who's who's spent time in the garden um, has a story or a rumor or a legend or some some personal experience, uh, some some opinion of Big Whiskey the Goose. Um, and I would love to maybe just like rapid fire a couple of of rumors or, oh, yeah. or some some hearsay about her um big whiskey if you ask if you ask the people uh if you ask the people uh behind the counter at the steam whistle diner they swear big whiskey has a regular order no one has ever seen her leave the clock tower garden but like <laughs> you ask you ask for a big whiskey like they they know the sandwich that you're asking for mm-hmm mm-hmm um i think that um i mean did you hear that that after the the mayoral meeting scandal um the the mayor like was was i think this was like two weeks after was was seen just wandering the garden in in melancholy and despair and and big whiskey chased him off that's what i heard at least i i heard that i did hear that i i heard specifically i heard that like so I have a friend, my friend's cousin swears that this is true, that like if you go to the garden after they close it at the end of the night, you'll just see Big Whiskey like cleaning up. She might run the garden. We're not actually sure. That's that's funny that you mentioned that because um, did you hear that? I mean, I heard that the reason that, that she won her name was because... um. Somebody, you know, uh, as a prank, um, brought brought some, you know, brought some whiskey to the garden and and challenged her to a drinking drinking con- contest. And uh, I heard that that was how um, how she earned her name. She she drinks everybody under the table, and that is actually the reason that alcohol is is banned in the in the clock tower garden. That's what I heard. <laughs> See, I heard it's just because I heard it's just because she's so particular about alcohol like if you bring the wrong alcohol like if you bring the wrong beverage she will like peck it out of your hands like if you or if you make a drink wrong like if you put if you put too much uh too much grenadine in a manhattan she will just like peck your hand until you drop the glass and spill it she'll make you start it over is that I heard she's why, just a real snob is that why there's all those glass shards around her nest is that why that that might be that might be why there's all those glass shards i mean i i keep i keep feeling like you know somebody needs to do something about those glass shards but i don't know maybe maybe you said that if if she's the one who's who's running the garden maybe she's she's keeping those those shards around for a reason it might be what she that might be what she's what she's doing there 
And I think, I mean, I feel like that, that tells me everything that we need to know about Big Whiskey. Um, for true tales, or for true name, I'm gonna say, uh, tall names for a taller goose. I love it. I adore it. I adore <laughs> it so much. Tall tales, yeah. Tall tales for a taller goose. Um, and I guess that we have an event here, um, just to, to close us yeah. out. What, what, what's, what's the event? I think that the event is, I mean, I just sort of keep coming back to, to the Oak Flats boardwalk. Um, and I mean, we know that, that Uproot is sort of perpetually in this, this constant autumn, um, but I think even despite, you know, the the autumnal quality, you know, it still has a turn of the seasons. Uh, and that mm-hmm. does mean that it still has a harvest season. Um, and I think that at the, you know, when it's time to to celebrate, like, true autumn, um, the the time of year when it's, it's really time for harvest um, and, and for the people who, who garden to, to kind of gather in that way. Um, there's a, a festival that that's held along the Oak Flats boardwalk. Um, and I think it's, yeah, the, the boardwalk harvest festival. Uh, and I think it, I love it. I think it takes place, um, at it's, it's a week long thing. It's a week long event, but it takes place. Um, it doesn't take place during the day. It takes place, um, at sunset each day and it runs um just a couple hours into the evening um and and it's a whole family affair like this is it's an event that you know starts um every every day has has different proceedings but um it's the kind of thing that you know if you miss one day there's there's always going to be something the next Mm -hmm. and i think it's it's generally just a good time um, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna take on a voice of the city here? I would love to because I have a very specific consequence, mm-hmm. um, and it is that there is absolutely a harvest parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't always a harvest parade. Can I can I put you on something? I don't want to overstep. Yes. Is it a is it a, a are there floats that go along the river or is it on the street? It is on the river, and it is on the river to commemorate a recent, like, a thing that happened a few years ago. Like, this is a, a, much in the spirit of the of the boardwalk. This is a very impromptu thing, because because a few years ago, like, after the boardwalk festival kind of, it became a thing. Mm-hmm. Something happened a few years ago that was, like, a, a hugely magical thing that now there is, like, a tiny parade that, uh, that honors this tiny event that is related to the Harvest Festival. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Whiskey River Parade mm-hmm. because for one, for for some reason, Big Whiskey floated down that river by when the festival was happening. Didn't interact with anybody. Didn't do anything. Just floated down that river, and now there is a small parade uh, that traditionally she will be at the front of, and like this parade will kind of come behind her as they just float down the river. Oh, that's. That's wonderful. Absolutely delightful. So it's the Whiskey River Parade is a is a treasure is a new but treasured part of the of the of the Oak Flats Harvest Festival. Yeah. 
And I think the, you know, there's, there's, I'm just thinking, thinking through Voices of the City here. I think this is one of the few aspects of Oak Flats Boardwalk that, um, I mean, we've established that there's a, a bit of, you know, the, the, the knobs and the hollowed halls sort of turn their nose up at, at this space a little bit. Um, but I think that this is, the, you know, even though it is at times even more bustling than usual, um, this is one of those events where they're willing to kind of put aside some of their, their begrudging nature and truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I mean, it, I adore it. it. There, there might be a little bit of a quality of like, okay, it's, it's drawing in a lot of commerce, like even from, from out of town, like there, there are people who come in from out of Uproot to, to come and attend. Um, and there, there might be some, you know, implications for why, why people are willing to, to put aside their, their frustration. Um, but I think that it is for for whatever reason it is whether whether their intentions are pure or a little bit motivated by by its its financial success um i think that this is one of those those things that some of the people in the hallowed halls are able to look at and and appreciate a little bit i love it i adore it so so much um i'm i'm absolutely giddy i i feel like that might be game I think that might be game. And I, I'm so giddy because this was so, so fun. And I think that's Uproot, which is, I mean, certainly... I think that is the city of Uproot. It's crisp. It's bright. It's gritty. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? This was this was everything that I wanted it to be and then some. I'm so glad to hear that. Jeff, thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on the show and playing this game. This was so absolutely delightful. Mm-hmm. Truly. Uh, <sighs> well, real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at C-Excursion, spelled S-E-A, Excursion. Uh, you can support my work at itch.io or on Patreon, also at C-Excursion. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was such a blast. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Caro for coming on the show. That game was like, I'm not kidding when I say this is one of my favorite games and like playing that with you just now was like such a reason why it is like, I adore this game so much and I'm so grateful that we got to play it together. Like I said, you can pick up your own copy of I'm Sorry, Did You Say Street Magic? Uh, currently on sale from March 10th until March 13th. That is 25% off at cexcursion.itch.io slash streetmagic. Uh, be sure to pick up your own copy. And be sure to check out all the other things Kara was working on. They actually just released a really amazing looking bundle of Beam Saber playbooks with Ben Roswell, who is another one of my favorite game designers. So I'm like fucking super hyped for it. Um, yeah, go check out all their stuff. Go follow them on Twitter at C Excursion. And then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. Head to our Discord at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Party of One Merch. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a nice iTunes review or a Podchaser review. Leave us some love on social media. Tell a friend about the show. All of these things help people find the show and helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also support the show financially at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko slash jeffstormer. 
Or I think that's all this thing. No, you can support the other podcast that I produce every week, All My Fantasy Children, a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the OneShot Podcast Network, powered by you. Every week, my best friend Eric size and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe called fantasy one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage of the show, or about coming on the show as a guest, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I think that's it. I think that's all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.